1: Welcome to this week's version of Talking Yang. Jeff Erickson, Chris Liss here. I want to thank everybody for listening. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Chris, you were talking about on your Thanksgiving that you were picking, like you you were working in the fields for olive oil or something like that on the show. Tell me, everybody, again, what this was because it sounded terrible.
2: Yeah, more or less. We went to this. uh, We have some friends, these British people, who stayed at this like country manor up in the Dow region of Portugal. It's like a a two-and-a-half-hour drive north of Lisbon and they said it was pretty cool. So we, uh, they did it for the wine making and then there's olive oil making. So we drove up and, uh, you know, we had dinner there. We got there at night, had dinner. The guy just feeds you unlimited amounts of wine. Cause he makes his own wine. And then, uh, next morning in the morning, you get your old like jeans on and stuff and you get it's kind of muddy out there and you each get a rake and you rake the olives. They have like a hundred olive trees, but there were like 12, Near the property, and you get out there, and you put the mats down, and you rake the olives off, and you know it takes a while. There's a lot of olives on them, and all the olives drop in the mats, and then you roll up the mats and pour them into buckets. And we got like, I want to say we got like 20 buckets, like big buckets the size of a gar- a large garbage can, full of olives. And then basically they put it through a machine that gets, you know, you you take out like the big leaves and sticks that are mixed in, but. They'll go put it through a machine that blows off all the rest of the leaves, and then they put it through an olive press. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen how that works, but it basically squeezes all the, you know, the olives together and okay. depits them, and and the oil comes pouring out. Um, we didn't get to that point; we just did all the picking for them. So we basically paid money to stay there. We were well fed and well uh, boozed, but we—it's uh, probably too much information for people this whole story. But basically, we saw how olives go from tree to, uh, to bottle. Um, and then he, you know, took me and Heather to his wine making area and we saw that too. So, you know, it's cool. If you ever want to buy some land and make olive oil or wine, like it's, it's kind of a process, man, but olives are easier than the wine, but you know, you're like, okay, this is, this is what it would take. Right. It kind of sounds to me like you're paying to work uh, while well hungover. Um, and granted you get good wine for it. But... Yeah, that's pretty much that's right, paying to work while hungover, but the wine is really clean up in that region, so you don't really have a bad hangover, and they fed you, like, beef stew and dessert and stuff, so you were pretty well fed, so the hangover wasn't bad. Uh, and your outdoors is sort of, like, you know, misty, rainy, 55, 60-degree weather. It's pretty nice and invigorating, carrying all the stuff. And I was like, I felt good doing it. Like, I, you know, and we only work for, like, I want to say two, two hours a day, basically. Okay. That, all right, I guess that's fine. And Sasha did some of the work, you know. The kids were involved. They have kids. The people who want child labor. All Sasha
1: right, was, uh, a this is ways. getting
2: better. Yeah, child labor also. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, it was good. it was good though, man. It was it was a good uh, it's a good experience. What about you? Uh had a soccer
1: tournament for Aaron. That was fun. Uh, won three games and lost two to one in the finals. Aaron scored the goal in the two one game at least. So there was that. Uh, but you know, it was fr- a little frustrating because we played this tournament usually is a little bit more competitive and our first competitive game was the final like we were trying not to score in the game before that we won eight nothing uh it was one of those after one quarter is four nothing so we were saying okay 10 passes before you can shoot only shoot with your left foot things like that and no one really benefits from that and so like we didn't even allow a shot on goal let alone a goal on those first three games so we finally got to someone who you know basically punched back it's like oh you know we have to turn it on again and i don't think we are quite ready for that so we uh i mean it's good for us in the long run we got a pretty good team it's gonna be a fun team to coach in all stars too this is like the first time they play together you know we have a fall regular season where they're with all sorts of various skilled players and then they come together around thanksgiving for a tournament which leads into the all-star season so this is like the first start to the all-star season for us so that's good Nice. So are you like more Mike McCarthy or more Belichick? How would you put yourself on the scale? I'm definitely not Mike McCarthy because I'm nice. Um, I don't want to see that face on the screen again. Ugh, God, it was just frustrating to see that. Um, I don't know what I am. Um, I'll let others answer that one there. But, you know, we we, we do well. It just we, I'm kind of like Marty Schottenheimer. I finished second a lot. Uh, I gotta find we. We've won. We've won. won the, you're like, like Marvin medals. Lewis, right? I'd say you're more Marvin Lewis. No, I've actually won a playoff game. Zing! Uh, but okay, okay, and that's so, a perfect segue because okay. the universe is trolling me because. First of all, there was a report going out before the game. You know, oh, the, you know Marvin Lewis could be transitioning the, the team over to Hugh Jackson. They brought him on the staff. He was their guy that they had in mind when Marvin, you know, a few years ago when Hugh Jackson was on the staff. So I got all these people tweeting at me, ah, Bengals fan, ah, and all that. Then today, uh, Andy Dalton goes on IR with his thumb injury, and the Bengals claim Tom Savage off waivers, allowing you to make your joke. I got people already saying, cue a barbaric joke. Okay, great. All right, get it over with.
2: No, no, no. I, I don't. I'm not going to make that joke. Okay, that's it's, not till, not today. At I'm least. way too civilized, to even too civilized for that.
1: I doubt that. Uh, you just didn't have the timing. You don't want to be set up. You want to wait to just have a, a gratuitous shot at me. when I'm least expecting it.
2: No, I just, I just, you know, I just don't think. I think that uh, I already made the joke, but you just missed it. But anyway,
1: oh, you're too civilized. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well played. I did miss it. You're right. I'm so self-loathing yeah, I mean, you got to right explain now. jokes to your co-host, man. You know the podcast is, is going south. Yeah, it is. It it really is. What, did it, but, you know, it, was it ever north? Uh, that's the question. Um, so Bengals' yeah. season is done. I mean, it was already done. They were losing 28-7 at the time Dalton got hurt, and they had no life. Um, so you, th- th- that doesn't finish the season. The season was already finished. And, you know, the thing that bothers me is now, like, oh, Hey, it was, they were going along fine, and then they had all these injuries, and Andy Dalton finished it. Andy Dalton's thumb injury finished it off. They were never that good. They got smoked by the Chiefs. They lost at home to the Steelers, and then they had a slew of injuries. Um, this was not that great of a team anyhow, and I'm back to my hyper-negative ways that I was before the season, before they started off 4-1, and one. Uh, because... It's really just a waste of time. They they're not even going to get a top ten pick. Or maybe they will because they'll lose out the rest of the way or something like that. But they're not going to get like the quarterback of the future in the next draft unless they get lucky and they find someone in the second or third round because they probably won't get no, but
2: they're not going to get the quarterback because they're not going to take a quarterback because they don't realize they need a quarterback.
1: I think they do. I think they do need I think they gotta realize it. I think it's gonna be a new coach. The only question is are they gonna take are they gonna go out and be creative with their coach? Are they actually gonna get a real GM? Probably not. That's the problem. And that's just why we're going to be stuck in the mud forever. I mean, people are going to make the higher Hugh Jackson jokes. Well, is Jeff Fisher available? Uh, he knows how to get him up to respectability at 7 and 9, 8 and 8 at least. You know, things like that. Um,
2: I really think that that's kind of the path. It's, yeah, but, you know, Jeff, I find this whole situation a little hard to sympathize with because, you know, last year when McAdoo got fired, Uh, There was some rumor briefly that Marvin Lewis might go to the Giants, and you actually tweeted at me in a mocking way about that. Did I? I don't remember. And so then the joke was on (laughs) you when he actually re-upped with the Bengals, and I feel like this is a bit of karma just for that tweet that you sent. So you're complaining and wanting people to feel sorry for you who listen to this podcast, but you know you were when the shoe was on the other foot. It was plenty funny to tweet at me, so. Uh, I think you're just kind of getting what's coming to you, actually. No, the joke is when they already
1: re-signed Marvin for two more years, and we went from a 15-year plan to a 17-year plan. Uh,
2: okay. Yeah, but, you, but before that happened, you tweeted at me that Marvin was going to go to the Giants, and you were laughing. I don't recall that. Yeah, well, let's, I can, I'll, I'll search for it. I,
1: I'm saying that in jest. I think I, I can acknowledge that I did do that. There probably is some karmic comeback. Yeah. But why do I only, why can't I make fun of you ever? You always get to make fun of my Bengals. You've at least won a Super Your team's at least won no. a Super Bowl.
2: With yeah, Eli, poor, no less. Exactly. But uh, two with Eli, but four total, you know, in my conscious lifetime. I wasn't around for the early, like, NFL championships that they had before, you know, in the pre Super Bowl era. I think they won, like, 14 or something. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I have karma. I've I've caused a lot of problems, you know, with things I've stated and said, and caused things bad things to happen too. Of course.
1: Okay. As long as we're 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 on board with that. Okay, other stuff. A lot of big injuries yeah. this week. Uh, you know, Jack Jack Doyle out for the season with a kidney injury. So. You know, we had that little clip from our XM show today uh, pushed out about, "Hey, you should be starting Eric run all the time." Now it's kind of like wasted because it's captain obvious advice. Now people are going to think that that's what we meant, but we did it before any news of the injury even came out. Kind of you know, like, "Yeah, you got to start him." Uh, so, of course, of course you do. Uh, but now that that's he's like done, a, he's like the number five tight end or the number four tight end right now. Right. Yeah, it's just only because of the snap count. And, you know, he got, had the shutout two weeks ago. But I, you know what? Tight ends happen all – you know, tight ends suck all the time. You know, you get bad tight end games all the time. Gronk has had plenty of bad games.
2: Well, here's the question. Would you rather have a tight end that played every snap, got seven – no, not seven. How about five targets a game and played every snap? Or a tight end that played, you know, maybe a quarter of the snaps, got three targets a game. But all of those targets were two out of those three targets are always in the end zone. You probably rather have the ladder, right? Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely.
1: You'd rather have the ladder. It's of, of course. Um, by the way, I thought I'd go back. I, I had one more thought on the Bengals thing, and I know I'm going all all in on the Bengals, but this was a, you know there's a tweet from the ESPN Bengals writer. She goes. I usually hate playing this game, but Patrick Holmes was sitting there at the at number nine in the 2017 draft, and the Bengals took John Ross. Uh, and then someone else says, "I love playing this game. Bold moves are built by build you know you know build teams. The Chiefs traded up for Patrick Mahomes to take him, even though they already had Alex Smith. They don't need Mahomes. We have already we have Andy Dalton. We thought you know that, that, that's I love that. I like it. he's absolutely right. It's like yes, of course you know." got to have that bonus, What you talk about all the time with when it comes to Dalton or what it's the, the Ravens and Flacco. I want the Bengals to take Lamar Jackson this
2: year. I want Giants to take Lamar Jackson. You know, probably Lamar Jackson is not the guy, but um, you know, you want, unless you have a superstar, if you have Russell Wilson, I'm probably not taking a QB unless it's like a Kirk cousin situation where they took RG three and they took cousins. Cause I guess they must've felt the value was too good. Um, unless you get like some crazy value in the fourth round, if you have RG, if you have Russell Wilson, <coughs> excuse me, if you have Russell Wilson. Uh, you're just not going to take another QB. He's young. He's healthy. You don't need one. But if you have anything short of a top 10 QB, you take a potential franchise quarterback. If you know, if you're, especially if you don't even have to trade up for it, but you might even trade up for it. Like if I'm the Bengals, um, I would definitely trade up to whatever I needed to. Um, to get a franchise quarterback, and the Giants, if um, the season ended today with the record they have, they'd be like the fifth pick. And you look at like some of the teams ahead of them would be like the Jets, who aren't going to take a QB, <clears throat> although at this rate they might. Um, the Niners who are not going to take a QB, and there's a couple other teams, but they can't just be like, oh great, we're the f-, you know if the Raiders are the only one that really need a QB, and who knows maybe they'll stick with their Car stupidly, but. Uh, even if, if the Raiders decide to stick with Carr and those other teams don't need a QB that are ahead of them, um, the Giants still have to be careful because all these teams like the, ja- like the Jaguars would be right behind the Giants. Of course they need a QB. Bortles just got benched, you know, and, uh, I don't think, uh, what's his name? Kessler is the solution. So, you know, there's going to be teams trading up ahead of them. So just there, you know, by virtue of where you're drafting, unless you're first or second, you, you know, you're not locked into anything.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you should be, if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you should be drafting a quarterback pretty much every
2: year. It's kind of like college with recruiting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could argue that you should draft more than one, that the, the only problem is it's really hard to develop them without playing them, but you could almost argue that like, well, all right, we have Carson Wentz, but we should also draft someone else. A, in case once gets hurt or suddenly sucks, and B, like we could trade him for a second rounder. I mean, you know, in, in a couple of years or maybe a first rounder or maybe multiple first rounders. And if if you get a situation like if your quarterback got hurt, let's say let's say the Chiefs, you know, were committed to Alex Smith still, and Alex Smith gets hurt, and they had um, Mahomes go crazy for you know a few games, you could take that. Pl- now they they saw Mahomes. Being what he is, they would never trade him. But like, you could trade that first-round pick into like two first-rounders, you know. So you, in a way, there's an argument if you think QB is just so much more valuable, then you should draft one almost even if you have one because just for you know just as a currency, not as a not not to use but
1: to spend elsewhere. That's right, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned the RG three cousins situation, and they 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 thought that's hey they saw something in cousins remember he cost less i mean you know the thing is that was that was figure this out the they, the redskins got that part right and got everything else wrong i mean somehow they found a way not to profit really from this whole situation they did the whole franchise tag deal with cousins they couldn't get what they wanted for him they couldn't you know rg3 got hurt you know they and yet at the end of the day, they're still stuck in the mud. They, they, now and then they, they traded for Alex Smith, and you think about how weird that trade is. Now they traded away a third-round pick and you know a, a starting secondary player, and you know you know paid him this crazy amount of money just to get a league-average quarterback,
2: right? Below average.
1: Yeah. I, so, I, I was being nice because he was coming off a massive about, year. Know. He was coming off a great year. You know, let's the, not diminish how good Alex yeah. Smith was last year. He was really good last year. He was really good last year. Yes, he was. But anyhow, I, I just – but, yeah, you need to keep keep getting these quarterbacks. And, you know, you see them in practice every day. I mean, you do get to see them develop. You see how good they are, and you make that decision. You know, colleges make that – and look at Alabama. They – put in a freshman in the national championship game when their quarterback isn't doing the job now he's like the top quarterback in college football this year. You know, uh Clemson same thing. They're starting a freshman this year. They they let the guy who was starting the year go basically. He he they released him from a scholarship cuz he wanted to, tra- you know, he's transferring away cuz they told him you're not going to be the starter anymore. They saw so much in this freshman. They're like, "Okay, we can be better here." Like anything else. You know, the NFL yeah. should be that way. The NFL has more tenure than college, which is kind of crazy.
2: Yeah, it's, it, is, it is really weird. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and I just think it, it's been a total, and, and maybe back in the day, like 30 years ago, it was different. But right now, it's top 10 quarterback or bust. Quarterbacks, you know, 14 through 30, 14 through 25, the, the bottom of the barrel is terrible. 14 through 25 are fungible and they grow on trees. Anybody could envision Teddy Bridgewater being the 18th best quarterback next year. Anybody can envision, you know, pretty much any of those rookies this year who don't look very good except for Mayfield, who looks very good um, being the 19th best QB next year. It's easy to get into that range. They grow on trees. They're everywhere. It's never been easier to play quarterback in the NFL. The systems are better. The rules are set up to succeed. People think, oh, the quarterback is so important. No, quarterback play is important, but the quarterback himself, in a decent system, is going to play at a decent floor level, and it just depends a lot on the rest of your team. Now, when you get a quarterback that's actually a plus, like a difference maker, a top ten guy, well, then he'll tra- start transcending the system, make everybody better than just a solid system and a guy who can execute the throws and you know pretty much just do the basics that you're supposed to do. It's it's weird, but it, it, quarterback to me is it's only worth something at the very top. And I think it's, it's true actually for most positions. And so it, the way people are looking at quarterback, like, oh, we have to get any quarterback. We have to long-term, no matter who we have, because it's, you know we don't want to be lost in the wilderness. We, you know if we, if we can lock up Dalton or Flacco or Carr, we got to do it. And that is just, it's totally false. You can get a, a Carr, Dalton, Flacco-level guy off the street. It, it's just Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, Josh McCown will come in. Every year, there's guys like this. Case Keenum becomes a guy. Every year, there's players like this that are just available basically for free. And it's only like the bottom five QBs that are bad now. Yeah. And
1: so the classic mistake is like the NBA, giving a guy a max deal when he's not a max player. Yep. Yeah. And right. that, that's, that, right. that's what this that's has right. become.
2: So that's where the, that's yeah. where the Bengals are like at. The Foles won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what they did. You know, they were like the Ravens and they were like, the Giants, and they were like the, you know, the, the Raiders, and they just they maxed out a guy that is just a fungible piece that you could find for free.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta.
2: I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey.
0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Let me ask you this. Is Matt Ryan,
2: which class is Matt Ryan in? So I think those guys are on the cost. I would put Matt Ryan on the top tier. He won an MVP. He should have beat the Patriots and won a Super Bowl. He's pretty damn good. I mean, Julio definitely helped him. You know, Julio makes him better, but I think Matt Ryan uh, is is above the level where you would extend him. Matthew Stafford below. I thought he was above, but I'm looking at what he's doing with. He had Marvin Jones, and Tate, and Gallup and then you know traded Tate, and now Marvin Jones is out for the year. Everybody's out for the year, by the way. Now, yeah, I know. But um, but still, you know, it's like they they still had like good backs to throw to and Galladay and Marvin Jones and Tate for most of the year. And the results were underwhelming. And it, it just makes me feel like he's not a guy who transcends the situation. He's, he's fine in a good system, but I kind of put him in more of the Andy Dalton tier than I do in the, uh, next year up now, Kirk cousins. He's a tough one because his YPA numbers are really good. And, he's made those receivers better and those receivers are really good that he has now. I don't know. I'm not sure. I would probably say no. Um, but I, he might be, but he might belong in that tier. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. And I think the, the problem with this exercise is the teams have to kind of decide in real time. Like we have to decide
2: is Kirk cousins worth that? Cause that's what he's going to get. Uh and you know, no the team's easy. The teams easy. The team gets to see him every day in practice. They know way more than we do about these guys. You know, we're seeing them with different you no, know, we see was them on oh, the free agent market, system, they better didn't get too.
1: No, the Vikings had to make that decision. Well they didn't then, the see off-season. him in practice
2: then, but they have way more resources and, and way more time to really look at the tape and you know, and make a, a pretty good assessment. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess so.
1: I mean, they do have a lot more info at their disposal. Disposal, excuse me. But yeah, I just do think it is a kind of a thing that they have to make a tougher decision because they're the ones in real time they have to make it. Uh, the teams that have them all along and extend them, oof, oof, those are the tough ones there. And then of course the, the draft pick costs that we've been talking about. You've made this point ad infinitum. The Sam Bradford problem, the Sam Darnold problem. Any quarterback named Sam apparently is a, is a problem. Uh, yep. Yeah. That that's definitely uh, an issue you got to deal with. So now, you know, Sammy ball, was not a good Sam that, that played. Yeah. So let's look at all the teams that are going to need to make quarterback decisions this off season. You know, I think the Bengals are in that crowd. Uh, the Jaguars who have benched Blake Bortles. I mean, they finally have acknowledged that they're in that, in that crowd. And again, super high draft pick, at least with the Bengals, it was a second round pick. Uh, but, you know, they're going to have to make that decision, you know, in the off season, they're going to have to see, are they going to trade up for the QB in the draft? Are they going to find one in free agency? Are they going to trade for one? How are they going to do this? They had this all. This, Jacksonville. They had this roster set. They had the defense. They had, you know, Fournette. They they invested in the offensive line. Now they've had some offensive line injuries now too, uh, but they have to make that decision. Dallas kind of has to decide this with with Dak a little bit. You know, they have to decide.
2: I think know. I think Dallas is all in on Dak. Dak, Dak played really well um, in the Thanksgiving Day game it was a decent defense. There was I don't know how much of that game you watched, but. He, there oh, was salt. so many, I mean, the Redskins should have covered a million ways this Sunday and they mm-hmm. couldn't do it. Partly missed extra point, partly bad non-penalty calls, but Dak was sacked on third downs and like pulled like a Cam Newton or Roethlisberger where while he's getting sacked, he completed a pass he, on the touchdown run that he had. He should have been sacked, got away and ended up, you know, making a really nice touchdown run. He's played better. Having Cooper has been a huge deal. And it's so funny how all the sabermetric geniuses mocked the first rounder for Cooper. Who's 24 years old, who was like the sixth overall pick or whatever, fifth overall pick the year he's drafted and immediately had 2000 yard seasons in a mediocre system with a mediocre quarterback. And suddenly, Oh, that's such a rip. How could they pay a first rounder for him? And Dallas is probably going to win that division. And I think that uh, Dallas actually has a puncher chance against some of these other teams because their defense is pretty good and their offensive lines. Good. And Zeke is, who's also a very high pick for a running back is in my opinion, been worth the pick a hundred percent. And if Dak plays the way he did against the Redskins, I think Dallas, I mean, they they have a real handicap at coach. That's sort of the big negative, but I don't think they will be an easy out, you know, maybe against, you know, the Rams and saints, it's going to be hard for them to keep up. But, um, I think I think they're you know they look like a playoff team to me. Okay, uh, I'm not
1: all sold on Dak because I I mean it's it's a nice run he's had the last three games, but I can't get past how terrible he looked against Tennessee on that Monday night game with Cooper. Cooper had a good start to that game, and then the second half was just miserable. And Dak made a ton of mistakes that were on him. I thought, but you know we'll see. Maybe it is a
2: weapons yeah, thing. I, I don't I don't know what I don't know what's changed besides Cooper, but. Um they need him to be a little bit more Cam Newton, where Cam can look terrible at times, but the guy's six five, two forty. I mean Dak's like, I don't know, six four, but he's like two forty. Cam may be two fifty, two sixty even. But that you're like, Oh yeah, this guy just by his physical skills is a real problem for defenses. That it's not just he's not gonna be, you know, Drew Brees in the pocket or have those kind of you know, YPA numbers, but he's actually, the whole package is a problem. And now that he has somebody who can make a play, um, it's, he's playing a lot better now. Can we trust Jason Garrett? Probably not. But uh, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I I was pretty impressed the way he played against Washington. I know it's just one game, but it was like, he he looked like peak Cam Newton basically the way he was playing.
1: Yeah. And you know what? They started throwing to to Zeke more. And I think that actually changes things. You know, I think it, it it does change the defense's look there. They have to worry about that all of a sudden. It's funny that it took them two and a half seasons to figure that out, but they're there now. Uh, okay. Let's move to the other teams, Miami. I mean, you don't, you can't think that Tannehill is going to be anything better than league average. I think they have to be in the market for a QB, uh, Buffalo Jets, who knows? I think if you're the Jets you you draft another QB, but you know, you don't spend a first rounder on them. but you know, sometimes you take these fourth round lottery tickets and be, they become Russell Wilson. I mean, the, the Seattle's plan in the offseason of the year they drafted Russell Wilson, remember they traded for a quarterback. Um and then released him. No, they signed Matt Flynn. They signed him or they traded for him.
2: Okay, if, if well either way, oh, whatever. They said, but they they extended him like 2 years and 10 mil. And he'd only really been in that shootout game against Stafford, right? In like week sixteen that year, where he had like 500 yards. But yeah, they they didn't know that Wilson was going to win the job. But to their credit, Wilson was just so good in preseason; they just gave him the job. And Flynn never played for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Jets are going to err all in with Darnold. They can't walk that back. It's it's too late. They can't. You know, the Dolphins will definitely get a QB. I think you know if they can because I mean, Tannehill's just been in the league a long time. But I think that Darnold. Um, the Jets are stuck with him for at least two years and he's been hurt also. So that, you know, that's kind of, they're not going to be able to evaluate him Maybe again, this year, they're, they're a hundred percent going with Darnold. And if they took a quarterback, it would be like fourth or fifth round and probably not even then. Right. Uh,
1: We, we talked about the Bengals.
2: If I'm the Ravens,
1: we'll see what happens the rest of the way. They're talking about splitting time between Jackson and Flacco. And I just can't see that going well. Maybe I, I don't have a big enough brain to envision it. Right. But uh, I, I think it's a it's problematic if you alternate, you know, you put in a third down QB or something like that. I, I just, I don't like that. I don't like that look at all. I think they just got to play Jackson.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the offenses are complicated anyway. And then you have like players adjusting to two different throwing motions, two different, you know, the, the velocity of the ball. I don't know. It just seems it's just going to muck things up. It's just so much that can go wrong. It's not insane to do it. I mean, you know baseball they're having oh there's openers now like oh you can 't do that you can't have a guy open the game for two innings. why not? you know maybe they can do it that way i mean but uh, i I kind of agree with you that I think it's just sort of a morale thing they I, I think they don't know whether Flacco's going to be ready next week, and they can 't say, oh Flacco's ready he's the starter because Lamar Jackson just won two games, and that 's going to hurt his morale, but they don 't want to say, well, you know Jackson. Um, is the starter no matter what because, you know, Jackson played the Bengals and the Raiders and, you know, Flacco, they don't want to give up on Flacco until. I, I think when you're getting rid of a guy who's been there 10 years and won a Super Bowl, you don't give up on him until you're totally done with him. You don't right. lightly bench Eli or Flacco or one of those guys or, you know, if they were to bench Dalton ever without being like, that's the end for that guy. You know what I mean? So if you move on from the job, then you've really moved on. And I don't know if they've seen enough from Jackson to say, we've totally moved on, especially with the playoffs still kind of in sight. So I think they're in sort of, they're they're doing sort of a, they're kind of in a situation where they're just trying to keep both guys happy. Now that sounds like neither guy would be happy (laughs) with that because you can't really get paid in free agency or really whatever, but maybe, um, you know, maybe, maybe they're serious. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Uh,
1: Okay, moving on to other ones here. Uh, I I like doing this exercise, going through, because, I mean, you can just see that, okay, they're probably going to need one. They're going to probably need one. Okay, Tennessee, probably not. But, man, the Mariota thing, I mean, the verdict is not in that he's going to be great, even even if we assume health, which you can't assume. I think that's part of the problem with him. As you just can't assume it because of the nature of the way he plays the game, he gets hit a little bit more often. Uh, and I, I just don't know what he's going to be, but it's going to be tough for the Titans to invest in. It. You know, it, it's another one of those. Okay. We better take another one of the fourth or fifth round sort of type of thing. But there's only so many of those it's usually like what eight quarterbacks that get drafted every year.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, but you get these things with giants, take Davis Webb. I mean, I know there's a regime change during their, you know, Webb being there, but it's like, he never played. No. Nope. So you just waste a pick. And then, you know, they got Lalletta this year and I, I think they will turn to her maybe as early as this week. Cause they're really out of it now. Yeah. But you know, if the giants had won this week, like you, you waste a fourth round pick and then you don't even get to see him. And then once they decide to move on from Eli after this year, they're going to take a quarterback in the first round probably. And then you have a guy that never gets a shot. So you can't just be taking these fourth round QBs unless you intend to play them. I think Mariota is at the point where he's gotten hurt so much that the Titans will take a QB, in those rounds. I don't think they'll take a first rounder. Um, and I think Mariota's like this year is going to matter like the rest of the season, cause they're kind of sniffing at a playoff. Tonight's game will be the first. If they lose that, then maybe they're kind of out of it. And then Winston is the other one who, you know, it's unclear whether he's going to be the Bucks quarterback. I'll tell you what, if uh, Winston or Mariota got cut loose, but probably not Mariota, but if Winston got cut loose, which doesn't seem crazy to me, given that they gave Ryan Fitzpatrick the job twice, I wouldn't be necessarily against the Giants signing him and drafting a defensive player. I, I agree.
1: I, I think that would be beneficial. I mean, to get him out of that one dysfunctional environment into another one. Um, although it's funny, you know, Shermer actually said, why are you guys asking me about Loletta and not Alex Tanny? Uh, is one of the things I did see go across Twitter today. I don't know if that was tongue in cheek or not, but if you look at the depth chart, I mean, Tanny is the backup, right?
2: Yeah. I, I am hoping, and I assume that that's coach speak like he's a human being on the team, getting the reps that he's getting. And if you just immediately assume Lalette is the guy, like, I think like Tanny is a human being does not exist. Um, when you know him and see him every day, I think that's not a good look for a coach. So we'll see what they actually do. But I think you have to like at least acknowledge Tanny's existence, which is what he did. Yeah. I think that's, I hope you're right about that for your sake but i
1: i did see that and that that, that struck me. well leta
2: got arrested so, recently
1: yeah that's done um his punishment is he's had to watch eli play uh
2: all right uh yeah, Jacksonville
1: yeah. we've established will be looking for a quarterback uh chiefs no chargers and something sometimes you have to start thinking about succession planning but you know great quarterbacks they play forever that's one of the things that's kind of you know under underscored a little bit breeze is taking at 39 rivers is still uh, cranking it out brady says he wants to play five more years you know a lot of these quarterbacks you know that's one position where you can age pretty well so you know i i I wouldn't suspect that the chargers are going to be looking for a pick early on uh next year uh Broncos, Case Keenum, who knows? Rivers
2: and Brady have never been bad. Be- I mean, Rivers and Breeze have never been better. Right, but the thing about Rivers and Breeze is they're playing in the easiest era in which they've ever played. That's true. Like suddenly nobody can touch them. Yeah, that's, that's like wow, point. and then, and nobody can touch their receivers either. And they're like, holy shit, this is so easy. Yeah, to complete twenty out of twenty nine passes, nobody can <laughs> do anything to my guys.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Broncos, who knows with Case Keenum? I mean, they signed him, what? It was a three-year deal. They signed him to.
2: They'll they'll take a quarterback because they, you know, Chad Kelly got released because he was doing some weird stalking. Yep. And Paxton Lynch obviously couldn't make the team this year, uh, so I, I think they'll that Denver will definitely take a QB. Maybe not in the first round. Keenum of late has been a good caretaker. Before that, he coughed coughed up some games for them. So I think they'll take a QB. Whether whether it's. Uh, you know, first round QB or like a fourth will depend on you know rest of the way. I think Derek Carr is going to be an interesting litmus test.
1: Uh, you know, first of all, are the Raiders going to back him? If not, how does he do in another system? Is it you know a total dysfunction of the Raiders, or well, he was this, he if the he, active bad The Raiders bad part? let him go. He's
2: going to be a backup.
1: Yeah, he'll be, he'll he'll be a he'll, backup. You think so? You don't think anybody like your like the Giants oh, yeah. will go after him or someone else and say, "Hey, we can fix him."
2: Yeah. No way. No, no, I mean, why would you get someone with Derek Carr's track record and his cost and make him your starting QB?
1: Uh you never know. I just the perception of him might cha- be different than the reality of him. Our, our 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 thoughts on his reality at the very least. So.
2: Right. Maybe. I don't unless know. Unless he I, came dirt cheap. Unless unless he like was already in journeyman status and was like a team who starts like Josh McCown or Fitzpatrick, something like that. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, maybe I, so maybe if somebody's, you know, if a team like let's say the Ravens made the playoffs and get bounced and they're dra- they're drafting like 23rd and there's no QBs early that they like, they could maybe sign a stopgap car and then like draft a second round QB or something. I don't know. It's I, I could see him being a backup. I I mean if the Raiders keep him that's crazy cuz the Raiders will have their crack at whatever quarterback they want in the draft. So Right, they're really passing something out and I don't know anything about college. I don't know about the quality of the prospects this year. I think it's a huge deal. You know, if Andrew Luck is there, or if Cam Newton's there, or if you know someone good, you know, really good. I mean, people didn't know that Pat Mahomes was as good as he was. Otherwise, he would have got taken a lot earlier. At least one team knew that you know, he was going to transcend- be that good. You got to give the Chiefs credit; they traded up
1: to What's get. Take, at least one team knew the Chiefs traded yeah. up to get him
2: when did Deshaun Watson get drafted? Like what, what pick was he later later? I'm sure. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, you know, Deshaun Watson and Holmes, those guys look like long-term keepers and you know, they didn't, that wasn't obvious to a lot of teams at the time because they weren't, you know, top of the class, but great. If you get one of those guys, most of the time, you know, Aaron Rodgers was 23rd breeze was the first pick in the second round but a lot of those a lot of the time like when you get out of the no brainer top guys you end up with Christian Ponder or Blaine Gabbert <clears throat> or Sam Darnold or you know I'm joking we don't know yet with Darnold but they start forcing guys because they're desperate for a QB so they they see what they want to see you know one thing I'm looking at the NFC there are a lot
1: fewer teams that are going to be aggressively going after a quarterback there's your giants probably the redskins cuz Alex Smith may never play again uh, it's that type of
2: they're injury. Um,
1: nobody, but Cowboys Eagles, they're not going to be drafting one bears, Vikings, Packers, lions. None of them will be drafting one. Saints won't be drafting one. Panthers won't be drafting one. Falcons won't be drafting one. Bucks almost certainly will. Although who knows with Winston, maybe they, Winston goes at wins out or something silly like that. Uh, I doubt that happens, but you know,
2: it, you know, that, that, that's he, he's, He's and Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals won't be drafting either. None right. of them. Right.
1: That's what struck me.
2: Is there's there, you
1: know, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Josh Rosen, you don't and, you know, but they've obviously invested in him. The Niners have invested in Garoppolo. Yeah. I mean, there's there's very few teams in the NFC that actively have to go after one. They may not be getting what they expect out of that position,
2: but the AFC is where the big mess is. Yeah, but, but I mean, Winston who really might be let like, go? Oh, that to me would be a free agent I would go after. He's young enough, number one overall pick, showed glimpses of it. That's me. That, that's you know you don't. I wouldn't go sign Alex Smith or somebody like that to like a big deal like the Redskins. That was dumb. Maybe you could justify Keenum on a short term deal, but I would I would go after uh, Winston. And Winston could still be the franchise QB.
1: Interesting challenge, Matt. Winston versus Carr if they both happen to become available.
2: Uh, Winston way, way better than Carr. Yeah.
1: I think Carr got his contract, though, right? I think that's the difference.
2: Yeah, he's already getting paid. Yeah.
1: So it's not really the same sort of comparison. Because I think you you claim Carr, trade for Carr, you get his contract, and that's pretty bad.
2: Yeah, well, but Winston, it's interesting to to – speculate on what he'd be because basically what the bucks would be saying is we don't want to pay him that second contract so in order to sign him he would test the market right but like if nobody wanted to give him that it might be that there's nobody who'd want to give him that second contract because it's not just the on-field stuff it's off-field stuff right want to take that chance so you know what kind of deal could he get he might have like a one-year prove it deal or something like that
1: that's right that's right so okay um I thought this was an interesting exercise. There's fewer teams than I thought that are going to go that are going to need to go after quarterbacks. It's still a lot, but there's you know there's probably ten teams that should be drafting quarterbacks at the very least. You know, it means twenty teams should, are theoretically happy about their quarterback situation. A little higher than I would have expected, considering well, that you
2: know for, they're, you're they're in a league happy. where
1: you need top it's ten quarterbacks.
2: Well, they're not happy. It's just that like you either have a top ten you have a guys in the top 13 who you imagine is in the top 10. So there's like 13 or maybe 15. And then there's like 10 guys who are prospects like Trubisky and uh, Rosen and Darnold and, and those kind of guys that, you know, you just invested in. So you got to hope that they become in the, in the top 10 Mayfield, who probably will be even Josh Allen they You know, they just use a really high pick on them. They have to kind of stick with it. They don't have to, but they're going to imagine that maybe one day these guys can be top 10. So that's like another five, six teams. And then you've got like some dumb teams like the Bengals in recent years who, you know, have a, they do not have a top 10. It's not even really well. Dalton could be argued to have been top 10 at one point, Uh, but you know, they just want to hold what they have. And then usually there's only like five, 10 teams at the bottom, maybe eight teams at the bottom that are actually going to go all in to get somebody, a couple of them will sign free agents. And then, you know, the other five or six will, will draft a QB. That's right. But actually, only there's usually only three or four QBs available that are, even sometimes fewer that are considered you know realistic prospects. That's
1: right. So hey, uh, that that kind of covers a lot of what I wanted to hit on today was the QBs and all that. There are some other injuries, but you know we're not just this isn't an injury update podcast. I don't really feel like going through the vagaries of yeah. Deshaun Jackson's thumb or Marlon yep. Mack or Jeff Hireman. What are you working on for East Coast offense?
2: I don't know yet. I, I sometimes like know on Monday night exactly Great what I'm running about. Great podcast Tuesday, but I, I, you know what? Here's what here's one thing that occurred to me that I might write about, and it's um, a very obvious thing, but correlation does not equal causation. Okay. And it's it's interesting how people think. You know, everyone knows that. That's like everybody with a brain knows that. But people start to say things like, "Well, you know, his YPA was." 5.8 last year, so I mean he's toast. He's not a good QB, and and they act like that's you know dispositive, but like it's like actually there's nothing you can do in year A that affects anything you do in your A plus one in that way. Like, you know, I was talking about this in baseball. Like, no matter how many home runs you hit in 2018, the ball will not travel one foot farther when you make contact in 2019. It's you know. It's, it may be an indicator. It's certainly an indicator if you hit 50 home runs one year that you have good power, but it doesn't impart extra power to the ball. But the way we talk, just the conventions that we have, when we talk, we talk as though prior performance causes good performance, like it's actually causing it. You know, the, the it's really just the, the swing that you're putting on the ball with the bat where the pitcher locates it. That's, what's causing the ball, the fly out, the wind conditions, whatever else, the physical causes, Those are causal, but an indicator just means, yeah, people who tend to hit for power one year tend to hit for power the next. That's an indicator. It's not a cause. Right. So we, you know, I I was going to, I was thinking of it. I don't know how coherent it is, but I was just thinking like when we look at, um, you know, making these predictions for the following year, I think a lot of times we're pretending like we're making causal predictions, but we're actually making uh, correlative predictions and that we're just basically saying, well, generally, this is what happens in this case, so this is what's going to happen this year. But even though that may be true in a lot of cases, any sort of generally this happens, so I'm going to bet on this, is always correlation. These kind of things are correlated. Now, you might say, well, actually, this causes that generally, so we think it'll cause that in this instance. But even then, you're sort of like, You know, the general situation is always correlated with a specific result. It's not causative of a specific result. Something like that I was considering. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll talk about it more on the uh, XM broadcast tomorrow. I I have to flesh it out and see if that's even coherent. That might have just been total nonsense what I said.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, Anyways, I enjoy reading East Coast Offense. I always like your preamble. I'll be looking forward to doing Guess the Spread tomorrow on the show. Uh, we can't do it on the pod because we're doing it on our normal day today. So uh, there's that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Talking Yang. Make sure to subscribe to Rotowire. If you don't already, go to rotowire.com slash pod to get your free 10-day trial. Check it out if you want. Uh, Liss's East Coast offense will be up tomorrow morning. My value meter will be up tomorrow night. You want to read me doing hoops, I'm doing that now, too. Uh, I have a weekly hoops article that goes up on Mondays. You can check that out. Um, and we're working on baseball. we got hockey. We've got all that good stuff. So rotowire.com slash pod. Get that free 10-day trial. We'll be back at you again next week. Thanks for listening.